You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is time for us, we being those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher. If you're following along on YouTube, which is uh, accessible at weekendgolfguys.tube. Hey, we're, we are cool, man. We are nothing if not cool. You can check out what's going on right now. You can check out some of the past shows. Uh, we throw up the videos, and when we throw up the videos, we don't do any editing on them. I mean, the radio show and the podcast, all really tight, nifty. You don't hear anything you shouldn't hear <laughs> on the videos. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> we just let it all hang out is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, there's some stuff that may be inappropriate, but you know that's all right. We are nothing if if we're not inappropriate. That's true. <laughs> I want you to do something uh, appropriately enough. We have until March sixth, which is one week away. I uh, want you to go to Sports Podcast Awards. Look for the golf podcasts. You will see eight of them. Among those eight is us. Those weekend golf guys. We would like to finish number one. I mean, of all the golf podcasts in the world, being in the top eight is quite an accomplishment in and of itself. However, it's not number one. Well, and you know, in the words of of uh, that race car driver whose name I can't remember, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> I think that was in a movie. Ricky Bobby was his name. Yeah, I think it? that's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think that's what it was, right? Ricky Bobby said, Yeah. Ain't first, you're last. That's it. And we don't want to be last, man. We no. do want to be first. So sports podcast awards. Uh do do a search, look for that, or you can go to um John Dot the Golf Guy. It's a new Instagram account, and you can get the link right there where you, it'll be self-explanatory. You can find it. We're going to talk about average guys and um, would it be safe to say misconceptions? Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be safe. That is well within the realm of correctness right there. This is, we got to talk about stuff that you think you do right. That you don't do right. Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> you got that. Got that one. Oh man. Um yeah, we all we all think I guess we're better than we are or we're more correct than we are or we're doing it the way it should be done when we're not even close sometimes. So not even close many times. We may be talking about you. Hang out, we'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. I am a coffee freak. No, I mean I am a coffee connoisseur. Whatever the proper word is, I drink coffee all the time. It is my beverage of choice. I fancy myself a, a coffee expert. When I talked to the folks at Trade and they told me that 90% of the coffee I get from the grocery store is actually stale, I kind of freaked out. I mean, you heard that right. 90% of coffee from the grocery store is actually stale. The coffee that you know and think you love, well, it needs an upgrade. Trade's been featured in the New York Times and Wired GQ, but now they have hit the big time, and we're talking about them here on those weekend golf guys. Subscription is no hassle. Skip shipments, change your frequency, or you can cancel it at any time. Not a problem. Now, right now, for our listeners only, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first 
three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash golf guys. Go get started. Take the quiz at drinktrade.com slash golf guys and start your journey to your perfect cup. Drinktrade.com slash golf guys. Get $20 off your first three bags. Golf trip in the works? Think French Lick. French Lick Resort is the Midwest's favorite destination for golf getaway. Their Pete Dye and Donna Ross courses have been ranked number one in two in Indiana for 11 straight years. Once your rounds are done, hit the casino and play a little more. Go to FrenchLick.com to get started. Two amazing courses, one great destination you gotta play. FrenchLick.com. Must be 21 to enter the casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT or text I-N-G-A-M-B to 53342. Well, by now you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know that you could invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. The iTrust Capital platform is easy to use, and it only takes a few minutes to create your account. Setting up an IRA is free, and iTrust fees are low. It's time to start taking control of your financial future with iTrust Capital. You can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com. Start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Inc. does not provide legal investment or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Okay, it is us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, golf magazine top 100 teacher. Does the guy leave? Yeah. And and he didn't leave you a pizza? The, the, the standard question is, all right, how much do I owe you? And my answer is always the same thing. $800,000 and a pizza. (laughs) I can tell you. He left me enough to buy a pizza. Well, there you go. (laughs) But he didn't bring the pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't bring $800,000 either. He must be a new student. He's new. He'll he'll learn. Yeah. He'll learn. Okay. Interestingly enough, we talk about golfers, regular guys, right? I see them every day. Yep. And... They all have this, I don't want to say all, but okay, all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They have this misconception about a lot of things in their golf swing from just the regular talk that just exists in the world about golf. Mm-hmm. There's just this really bad information that just continues to float around out there in the ether. It's just out there in, in this pervasive People come in, they always say the same things. Well, things aren't going well. I'm inconsistent. I don't strike the ball well. Um, my ball goes every place. I must not be keeping my head down. Mm. I must not be whatever thing that happens to be. And they've got this jumbled mess in their brain. So part of what I do when I meet new people is – I try to understand where their brain is in the stuff that they've heard. And they, they rattle off. I ask them, okay, if you have to do stuff in your golf swing to hit your ball and make it go someplace, what are the things that they are? What's the, this, the, that, and the other thing that's rolling around in your head that you're trying to accomplish in a golf swing. And then they start rattling off somewhere between one to 25 things. Uh-huh. 
And, and some people, the, when it gets to be a big, long list of stuff, you just kind of look at them and you're like, do you, you really think you can pull this off? Yeah, no wonder you can't hit it. You're thinking too hard. Well, but, you know, they keep hearing this stuff, all the stuff, and they just can't figure it out. I'm like, of course. It's very difficult to figure out all the stuff. So let's cut to the chase. Given the fact that you've got about a second to get it up to the top and about a third to get it back to the ball, if it's a faster swinger, it's about a quarter of a second. But most people, it's somewhere near a third of a second. Mm -hmm. How many things do you think you can really pull off in that amount of time? (laughs) Zip. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I know what I can do in a quarter of a second. I can blink. Mm -hmm. I can get a club from the top to the ball. But if I haven't preset the angles that are coming and do this, it's really hard for me to do things. I've heard a guy tell me on numerous occasions I've heard this. Yeah, I could feel it. And about halfway down, I knew it was off. And then I saved it at the bottom. (laughs) And I laugh and I try to hold it back, but I just can't. Yeah. Right. Because the lunacy in that statement, look, maybe there's a guy out there named Tiger Woods who could save something at the bottom, right? Right. But come on, we're talking about an accelerating swing. Now, let's think if it's a quarter of a second or a third of a second, let's give it a benefit of the doubt and call it a third of a second. Okay. And it was from the top to halfway down. That's the slower half, isn't it? Yes. Could you imagine if you could feel something that was, say, going wrong from the top where your hands are high till they're about near your hips and waist, we're about halfway down where those hands are, and you could feel it and sense that something was off and then decided to save it at the bottom to hit a good golf shot, wouldn't you be a superhuman? You, your brain would be working rather fast, yes. And so would your body at that point, right? All those connections from those chemical electrical stimulus from your brain to your body to get something to happen at the very last minute. I got a hard time swallowing that there's a whole lot of human beings out there that could do that. Mm-hmm. In that amount of time. So I think that this, the average Joe thinking too much and trying too much really just needs to kind of purge a little bit and start and go, okay, I've got a short window of time here. Shouldn't I try to prepare a little bit better for this golf swing than to try to guess my way through it? Because it just seems like so many people are just guessing their way through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's overly healthy. Yeah. And, and they're, they're taking words that they've heard and maybe not quite understanding or misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And applying them to situations that they may or may not be apropos for. Yeah. Very true. Um, when I hear people say... I didn't do this or I didn't do that. I say, okay, tell me why you're trying to do it. 
most of the time, they have no idea why they're trying to do it. Mm -hmm. So it makes them very difficult to diagnose themselves on the golf course. And it is a big, gigantic reason why they don't improve because they've, they're trying to do things and they've got no idea what's the purpose, but they're just grasping at straws, trying to get a club on a ball. Yeah. Cause they've heard something somewhere. They've read something somewhere. I, I used to play with a guy like that man who, who watched the golf channel and whatever Michael breed told you to do that particular week is what he worked on, mm-hmm. whether it was, diametrically opposed to what he was working on last week or not. Mm-hmm. And, and, or, or something he read in the back of golf magazine or something. And it was right. so frustrating because he didn't know what he was doing and he was confusing everybody who was playing with him. You know, when they think that all golf information should apply to them, that's the death of a golfer. Yeah. That they've got to understand that there's certain bits of information that are good for somebody and may or may not be good for them. Right. But most of the success that, that people can have is when they start from a better place. Okay. A clearer mind, a simpler mm-hmm. objective. Right. Of a golf swing is get the club to the bottom of the golf ball if it's sitting on the ground. Yeah. And have the club face facing forward, not sideways. Yeah. At the time. At at time, at the point of contact, yeah. So if you kept it as simple as that in your head when you're playing the game, golf balls fly so much better and straighter because you have simpler objectives Mm -hmm. that are actually attainable. So, for example, when, you know, I, I talk to the, the, the golfers that are in here, most of them have a completely backwards understanding of ball flight. Okay. If a ball starts right and curves right, they think they're swinging over there. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait a second. That might not be the case at all. Yeah. Um, I have players that say, okay, well, my ball started left and curved right. It started left because I was swinging left. I hear that one a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of golfers are associating the start direction of the golf ball flight to the swing direction. Because in their minds, it makes sense. Well, I my ball started that way. Something had to hit it that way. And so, it, therefore, it must have been me swinging the club that way. Yeah, in your mind it makes sense, but it's proof. <laughs> what it proves is that you never took or you didn't do well in physics. <laughs> well, because then you understand. And there, there's a lot of things we're gonna, we're going to talk about uh, club head position and swing path and all that kind of stuff and what it does to your ball. Because again, as Jeff said, so few of us actually understand the way it should work or the way it actually does work. And unless you understand that, then you can't fix it. Understand it. We're coming right back, and we will explain it to you. Don't go away. We are those weekend golf guys. 
You've heard all the stories about all these people making ridiculous money from crypto. Did you know that it is easy for you to do the same? I'm, I'm a stock market guy, and beyond Bitcoin, which I've heard of, I don't know from crypto. But I found someone with a history of success who anyone can copy. The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the cryptocurrencies that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds. So you can just copy them. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or even how to invest. You just simply copy what James does. He runs the Crypto with James. James YouTube channel. They have over 15,000 subscribers. And since March of 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put a hundred bucks into each one, it would now be worth over $66,000. And this is all public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and you can verify it for yourself. Head over to copymycrypto.com slash golf guys. Our listeners can join for just a buck and you won't find this offer anywhere else. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash golf guys. Anyone who thinks the holidays are the most stress you can ever have has never been on the first tee playing in a group of people he doesn't know with rented clubs. That, my friend, is stress. I've had it, but I overcame it with Ned's CBD. This de-stress formula has been under development for over a year now. And it's great. It's made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha and cinnamon and cardamom. Now, ashwagandha helps build your body's resilience to stress. Cardamom and cinnamon make it taste good, plus combat stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews. And now for the holidays, those Weekend Golf Guys listeners can get 20% off Ned products with the code GOLFGUYS. When you spend more than 150 bucks, Ned's throwing in some free gifts with every order. Visit helloned.com slash golfguys to get access. That's helloned.com slash golfguys. Get 20% off plus free gifts with orders over 150 bucks. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. So uh, your ball starts left and goes to the right. It's not because you're swinging that way. The ball starts left because the face is pointed left. Right. I mean, correct. Not to be confusing. It's, when I break it down for people, it's really, truly not possible for a club face to be facing one direction and a ball to start the other direction. Right. It's really against the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. Now, then you have swing direction. The club is being moved into a direction. Right. Into this back of this golf ball. And at that moment, it's traveling that direction it takes the face with it, right? So let's mm-hmm. say that I've got my target out here and I've got my club face facing the facing the target exactly, but the club is swiping across it a little bit. Okay, so the face is traveling a little bit left, so therefore it's oriented still forward and in the same direction as the target, but it is left of it at this moment when I went across it, right? Sure. Because your, your club's coming in from outside to inside at that point exactly. if you're a right-handed golfer. Exactly. So I'm not here to say that the swing path has no influence whatsoever. I'm saying it just has a very minimal influence on it. Right. Now, this is just simple physics. The club face got moved over there, so therefore it was a little bit off-center. Mm-hmm. Okay but it was still facing the same stinking direction. So the ball will start where the face points. Right. Even though the swing direction of the club influenced it some, but let's give it some 
percentages of influence, shall we? So that way your brain can get wrapped around this. Sure. Well, let's say the club swinging direction, when it goes faster, it forces the face to move across the ball faster and has a harder influence on the golf ball. But let's say that we might have that be like five or 6% of the influence on the start direction. Right. The rest of it is the club face position. Let's just keep that in your mind. Now, my numbers are not perfect, but what I'm saying to you is let's not overvalue the swing direction being the big influence on the start line of the golf ball. Let's never overvalue that. Let's make sure we understand it is very clearly the club face position. Now we're talking just the the start direction, right? That's right. Just the start direction. Okay. Right. It leaves the face in a certain place. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the spin. Right. Right. We'll get there now. Yeah. Now, now we'll start talking about spin because that's where the club, the swing direction comes. That's where spin comes in. As soon as there's a difference between swing direction and club face position, when it it's hits the golf ball, Mm -hmm. as soon as there's a difference between those two, we now start to see the ball start to curve because it creates spin. Right. Because if the club face was facing the exact direction it was moving when it ran into the golf ball, you get a straight line ball flight Mm -hmm. linear, so to speak. Yeah. Non curve ball. (laughs) Right. I know, John, I know you're not used to seeing much of those because we haven't played golf together for quite some time. (laughs) What a boo. But the curve balls are when there's a difference club face is facing somewhere and it's traveling somewhere else when it runs into the ball and it starts to spin the ball. That's where people start to talk about the path that the club is traveling on. Right. What they're not saying when they just start to skip to the end and they go, Oh, my path must have been bad. Right. I must change my swing direction coming into the ball. They're talking about that relative to where the face is because they're still kind of orienting in their mind They want their face to be facing dead forward right up the target. And then they say, oh, well, that worked. But the swing path was going somewhere else. Right. So somewhat like I want my ball to go somewhere, but my swing direction made it spin to somewhere else. See, they're they're identifying only one of the two variables. And this is where a lot of people make a big mistake. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's not one of the two. It's the relationship between the two. Right. For example, if I didn't want to see a whole lot of curve, I want my relationship between where my face is facing and my club is swinging. I want to be really close together and I won't see a lot of curve. Right. But maybe I want to see a lot of curve. Let's say that, John, you played golf and you smashed it off into the woods someplace and your curveball that got you in trouble is also the same curveball that can get you out. So you need to make sure that your club face is not facing exactly where your swinging direction is. Mm-hmm. Because if it is, then you're going to have a problem. Because the problem is the ball's going to spin in some direction and you got to plan for that. So you do want some difference between the face position and the swing path to get it to curve where you want. So you can plan for it. Right. 
So that's an odd thing, John. You could plan for it. You could create it on your own as opposed to plan for it because, well, that's what always happens. And here's what I do. Here's what always happens. (laughs) Right. You could actually create that on your own. Yes, you can. You could even create the other one, John. Yes, you can. You could you could make it curve a little left on purpose, or you could make it curve a little right on purpose if you just understood that it's always about that relationship between the two. Yeah. Yep. Fate versus path. Yep. Not or. It's the oh, two together. Right. Yeah. Yes. Let me ask you a quick question while we're on the subject, man. Um, what is the easiest way to to create the swing path you need to shape a shot? Is it, do you do it with just your arms? Can you do it with your foot placement? How, how what's Keep the, going. you just way? rattled off two of them that I can do it with. Okay. Uh, is it, is it one or the other? Is it a combination or, or how best to, what's the easiest way for Mr. Average Joe Blow Goffler to, to do it? To influence the swing direction on purpose? Yes. Ah, it's, that's a good one. Okay. So the overall biggest, gigantic, most overriding factor is the direction you're standing in, right? Your, where's your body pointed? Okay. Try to imagine something as simple as pointing your body to the target and swinging somewhere near your target and then turning around completely 180 degrees and swinging the opposite direction. Clearly, <laughs> that's the number one influencer of swing direction, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you can set that angle to what you want. And once you've set your body angle, now there's the other parts of your body. So, for example, if you look down at your forearms when you grip the club and one forearm, let's say it's your right forearm in this instance, is significantly higher than the left forearm when you're holding onto the club. So I've got this in the picture here. Mm hmm. So the people who are watching this on our YouTube channel can see Again, that. We can, that we can go, right, guys, not tube. Not tube, right? My right forearm is significantly higher than my left forearm mm-hmm. as I hold on to this. Well, guess what? I'm about to swing across my body right to left. It yep. makes sense. I got one that's higher and pushing down across the body. Lots right. of people set themselves up this way. Ah, but if I altered myself, watch my shoulders. I'm going to drop my right shoulder and raise my left shoulder. And now my left arm is higher than my right. Ooh, that's a neat thing. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to be swinging more from right to high left, which, I mean, excuse me, high right, because my left is higher and it's leading the way. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the right is lower and it's pushing out. And now all of a sudden I have an in to out swing path. Ooh, that's pretty cool. It is. So I can, the two big gigantic things we can do to alter. One of them is body aim overall, setting Mm -hmm. your leg angles, so to speak. Right. One is setting your arm angles. Okay. That makes perfect sense. All right. Now there's a third big one. Okay. Ball position. Okay. John, you already know this because we've talked about this many times on the show. We don't swing in straight lines, even though people talk like we do. Right. The club is back up and behind, and then it's down, out, and in front, and it's a big stinking circle, Mm -hmm. tilted. It's an arc. Yep. 
well, where is that ball in that arc when it gets struck? If it's back farther in the arc, the arms are still moving out. Right. If it gets middle in the arc, it's moving forward. Yep. And if it's a bit more forward in the arc, it's moving left as the club runs into the golf ball. So now we are influencing swing direction at the ball path, so to speak. Right. So, yeah, there's three huge things that the golfer can actually do to influence the swing direction, regardless of who they are. And, but again, the caveat here is it's, it's opposite day when you do that. Yeah. When you, when you swing, I mean, if, if your, your swing is going from outside to inside or from, from right to left, your ball is going to go to the right. So it depends on where the club face is. Like well, that's, we that's, about, right. Well, it, so, it, it, where it's going to start depends on the club face. And the well, club but face. if there's a, if the club face matches the swing direction, well, then the ball is going to fly pretty straight. Yeah. <laughs> In the wrong direction. <laughs> okay. So what I, what I want you to know is that you can't just generalize that if I swing left, my ball will go right. Yeah. Because you only talked about one of the two, and yet very clearly it's back to it's both of it's them. It's both, yeah. Right? It's, it's the it's relationship, exactly the symbiotic right. relationship yeah. between. That's right. This face. is exactly where the golfers go crazy. Yeah. Because they get they get very quickly go back to just one. Well, I made my swing path change. Yeah. Okay. Why didn't my ball do the, what I wanted it? Because you only know one. But uh, another thing, too, is a lot of us, when it only does one, we're not sure which one we did right and which one we did wrong, which just, again, makes this the most difficult game in the world to understand. But we're going to try again. We're going to come right back. We are those weekend golf guys hanging with us. Okay, so it's golf season. You know that. Maybe not golf season yet to play as far as you're concerned for wherever you may be, but it is golf season to watch because the pros are playing in nice warm places every weekend. We've got a thing that's going to make watching golf much more exciting up to the point where you can get out and play your own golf. All right, put your knowledge to the test. Have a good time. Beat your friends. You know, it's called Run Your Pool, and it makes it ridiculously easy to play alongside of friends or family or the guys in your weekly foursome or in your league. Every week, it makes it more exciting, whether you're watching the Masters or just like, you know, the Genesis Open like this weekend. Run Your Pool lets you run games your own way. Every pool has a variety of settings to choose from to, to make it your own. You can even brand it for your company, your local business, your bar, your golf club, whatever. Thousands of golf fans already make each week of the PGA season much more exciting by starting a pool. Head over to runyourpool.com slash TWGG, like the initials for those weekend golf guys. Use the code podcast and you will get a $10 credit toward your first pool. It's runyourpool.com slash TWGG and the code is podcast. Have a good time. Make golf more exciting. Get a $10 credit towards starting your first pool. You're going to do that right now. You're going to go to runyourpool.com slash TWGG and check it out. It's going to be fun. We'll see you there. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And, and we, t- we started out the show today about talking about misinformation, confusing information, conflicting information. Taking something that is really not apropos to you or your situation and trying to, to figure out this is the answer to my problems. 
I have a case in point I want to ask you. I, I heard I was reading some stuff the other day from Jack Nicholas, and he was saying that when you address the ball, you don't put the club on the ball when you address the ball. Your club is a quarter of an inch or so behind the ball. Right. So he said, so when we're told that our club face should be square at address, we still have a little bit of distance to go before we hit the ball, which means if it's square at address, the chances are pretty good. It's going to be closed a little bit when it makes contact with your ball. So therefore, when you set up at address, you should have your club face opened slightly. Okay. So are you going to ask me to agree or disagree, or do you want me to just talk about it? Because I want you to just talk about it, man. Okay. So I am absolutely going to agree. Now, let's talk about some things. We are bodies in motion. Mm-hmm. Rarely do we deliver a club back to the same location facing the same direction. Rarely does that ever happen. Yes. We're going to hedge from rarely toward never in this conversation. Does that ever happen? Right. (laughs) Because we are bodies in motion and there is rotation of the arms back and forth and it moves up behind us and all this stuff. It would be uh, highly irregular for anyone to start the club facing the target and deliver it facing the target. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, Given the fact that, yes, we should not be putting the club right behind the ball and touching the ball. Why is that? Well, first, from the rules of golf, you don't want to move it inadvertently. That would be a really smart thing to do. And you're probably playing with that one guy who goes, that's one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But he has a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I'll tell you, the thought here is if your goal is to hit the ball up the middle with the least amount of curve as possible, otherwise known as straight, right, which is what everybody's after, right, close to it, right, you're going to be cognizant of your club face, not relative to the target line, but relative to your hands, right? Your hands are the things controlling them. So I talk to people about how the club sits in their hands more so than I ever talk to them about what it appears to be on the ground. Okay. Most people tell me that when their club sits a tiny bit behind their ball and it's good in their hands for how they're going to deliver it, the club face looks like it's pointed ever so slightly to the right. And I said, just get used to that. Okay. (laughs) Because most people tell me, a couple things. They say, I would rather play a draw than a fade. I want my ball to start to the right and curve back to the left mm-hmm. to my target. That's the preferential shot for many. Okay. So now where a ball has to start, of course, is where the club face is at impact. Right. And then they have this conflict in their brain going, oh, I want it to start to the right, but yet I want my club face to be straight at the target at impact. And I look at him and I say, why don't you chew on what you just said for a minute there? (laughs) 
I want my ball to start someplace to the right of where I want my club face at impact. It's, yeah. I'm like, why is that? <laughs> I said, why wouldn't you want to have your club face facing just a tad bit to the right at impact so the ball could start there? And then you want to swing just a little further right so that way it curves back to the left. So the face is right of the target, but left of its path. So it gets a little left curve. And they look at me and go, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I was thinking that. Mm-hmm. It's because things are just said by people who don't quite get it. Yeah. And some of them just keep talking to everybody and everybody talks to everybody else. And it's like that telephone game that just happens where the first thing that gets talked about gets muddied and messed up. Yeah. Every time it gets told and spread around, but it seems like the the same bad information never seems to get, get corrected. <laughs> I think at some point it would get messed up so bad that somebody would actually get it right again. <laughs> It would just keep coming around until it, it fixed itself. Yeah, um, but that yet that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. And and it and again, it's just. Uh, do we hear it badly? Do we not understand it and, and repeat it anyhow? I think it's a, a lot of times, if the person who actually has the information right in their head and they're talking, mm-hmm. they're not clear enough in their language. For the for the person who hears it. I use very specific language because the person who's hearing it is hearing it with their brain tuned into something. And it may not be exactly what you just had said. Yeah. There is misinterpretation as well as misspeaking yeah. going on. And there's, I mean, you, your understanding is colored by your beliefs. It is. So if you want to believe that a slice is caused by only a swing to the left of the target and doesn't have anything to do with what the face position is, and that's your belief, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to straighten out your face to your path and make that happen. And you're going to get a line drive straight shot to the left. And then it's going to wake up your brain to go, oh, there is something else going on here. There's a correlation I'm missing. That's right. Yeah. That's the first thing I do is I match the face to the path. And then all of a sudden I take away the curve and then they see where their path is going. And then they decide to straighten out their swing direction, the path. Yeah. Yeah. But I match the face to the path first because it's faster. And it, it yeah, it, it makes, it makes your point much faster. Oh, it's right? definitely yeah. an awakening for the golfer <laughs> to go, how did I just hit one left? They go, they call it a pull. Oh, I just pulled that one. Yeah. The rest of them are slices. That one's a pull. Yeah. <clears throat> really? <laughs> you know what I got to say, however? What's that? You know how, how you were talking earlier about uh, a lot of times you'll ask a question of a golfer and, and they won't have an answer. A lot of times being a, a, a student of human behavior, a lot of times, and I know I feel the same way, if I say something, and you say, why would you do that? I don't answer the question, why would you do that? What my brain says is, oops, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what kind of an answer am I going to come up with now? <laughs> exactly. That's And it's interesting because this happens in every golf lesson, right? 
I'm aware that as I talk to people and I ask them a question, they, because I ask a question and then I question what they answered, then they instantly do what you just said. Oh no. What do you want me to say? Yeah. Oh, that's, it's not it. I'm asking you to think. Right. So I tell people that up front. when I begin to ask questions, I'm hoping that you begin to ask yourself the same questions that I ask. Yeah. So that way you can figure this out on your own. And that's the important and the operative consideration people, because there are times many times during one round where something is going to happen and you are going to have to rely on yourself to answer, why did that happen? And oh, you're, yeah. going, you're going to have to know and you're going to have to have, have it explained to you as Jeff is trying to do right now. When you hit that ball that starts to the right but curves left or, or that goes straight to the left or whatever, you need to know what it is you did to accomplish that so you can change it, fix it, do something different. But you can't fix it if you don't know what you did wrong. So as we do this, right, I go through this very specific exercise of exactly what you just said with my students. It starts off with, guess what? I'm not with you when you play. Yeah. So the important part about what we're doing here is that you're learning what it really is. So that way you can diagnose what's going on better because you're going to take some action based on what you think. So I want to make sure that you know what's correct in physics mm -hmm. about what just happened there. Right. So that way you can make the alteration. Yeah. But yeah. don't skip any steps. People want to do that all the time. Yeah. They skip to the end. They see their ball curving to the right and they say, oh, I swung across it left. Well, it's very possible that they didn't. It's very possible that their swing was headed right up the middle and the club face was pointed to the right. Mm -hmm. Start right, curve right. So yep. that way, when I talk about shots, I talk about where the ball starts and then what it did after that. So it could be start right, stay straight after that. What would that be? That would be a club face facing right, but a swing direction that matched it. Yeah. Start right, curve right is start ball starts right because the face is pointed right, but it curves right after that because the face was pointed right of the swing direction. But we don't know whether the swing direction was straight or it was hard left unless we look at how much it curved. So we got to figure this out. Playing golf a couple of weeks ago with a guy who uh, had the ball, had a ball below his feet. And he hit a very, he topped the ball. He hit a very bad shot, shanked it. And he goes, I choked up, I choked up, I choked up. And I still, and I said, the ball is below your feet, man. Why did you choke up? And he's like, it's an uneven lie. You're supposed to choke up. And I went, mm, no. <laughs> Something like that, I would say, um, you're supposed to have the appropriate length of shaft to get the ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I think there's a, uh, a major misconception there, bud. Um, well, yeah, I think that that's a great example, John, of a golfer who's just following some spit out rules that he mm -hmm. made up in his head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, exactly. any like, wait a second, that ball's below your feet. I think you need a little longer shaft or you need to get lower yeah. somehow. Something's got to get down there. 
get down to it. See, this this is the problem is we we hear stuff that we take for gospel, even though we hear it from unreliable sources. So uh, this this is where you really need the WWJSTMTD bracelet. What would Jeff Smith tell me to do? <laughs> We're going to go down the road of what would Jeff Smith smack me on the head for? <laughs> well, that too, only it, it just sounded too violent. <laughs> we got a little bit more. We do encourage you to hang out with us. But keep in mind, there are, there are correlations, especially on ball flight. It's, it is not just swing path. It is also club face direction. Remember that. We'll be right back. You know, just a few minutes ago, I was looking through some of my emails, and I, I get the same scams everybody else does. I, I think I've I've been uh, awarded close to about $27.3 million from African princes and today alone. I mean, those emails are just glaring. It's like, scam, scam, scam. There are other emails, though, that look legitimate, but then you kind of go, really? How about you? Are you worried about uh, identity theft or getting scammed online? You think twice before you click a link, an ad, or an email? Well, I've got something for you. It's called a Guardio. With Guardio, you can forget about the scams, the hackers, the malware, the phishing, the identity theft. Guardio offers real-time protection that will keep you safe from online threats. You run a free security scan in a few clicks, and you see what threats are already on your browser. It's truly affordable, and it's crucial protection. And our listeners get 20% off premium protection from our sponsor, Guardio. Just go to guard.io slash golfguys. Uh, it is us again for a few moments yet. Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher. I'm John Ashton. I'm in the studio. And uh, again, just want to reiterate, there are six days, seven days. Yeah, seven days left. You have until March 6th to go to uh, the the uh, Sports Podcast Awards site. And please vote for often. the Golf Podcast. Vote often for us. You can. You can vote a couple times a day if you wanted to. Many times. Stuff the ballot box. Okay, we have no problem with that. We have no shame. No, no, right. we, we'll beg. We don't care. Uh, we are one of the eight finalists, and and that in and of itself, people keep saying that in and of itself is a great thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's it's like, you know, coming in with a bronze medal at the Olympics. No, we want to be number one. We're going for the gold, people. All right. Sports podcast bling, awards. Some bling. That's what I'm looking for. I'll get the gold medal. <laughs> the big thing right there. A big thing. Yeah. I guess going to emblazon it and just walk like a big, would, would, would it be like a big microphone? Yeah. Thing <laughs> hanging. Gold thing. <laughs> That'll work. We can design our own. But anyhow, sports podcast awards. Uh, it's an international competition. So, you know, we're, we're, we're competing with some uh, podcasts that uh, uh, originate in Great Britain and, uh, you know, they think they know more about golf just because they invented it somewhere around there. So this is what I've heard anyhow. <laughs> they, they, they sound funny. That's it. They do. They talk funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but they did. They did invent it there. And, and you got to keep in mind that the same people invented golf and called it a game that invented bagpipes and called it music. So, you know, there's that. There's a little, yeah, there's a little bit of perspective for you folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, check us out, please. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Um, the Instagram account is john.thegolfguy. 
Um, we got some stuff going on there. Um, also on um, Facebook.com slash golf guys. We have a, a, a group. Is it a group? Yeah, we have the Facebook page. And then we have a group called the League of Extraordinarily Average Golfers, which we do invite you to join. It's a fun little place. Yeah, to there's some funny stuff going on in there. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So anyhow, we appreciate you being here. We will uh, expect you to return next week. Uh, catch us anytime with the podcast version at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Other than that, pick up some clubs and uh, remember the correlation. Stop, stop listening to bad information and go out and play some golf. 